0: Well, this has been
1: interesting. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I am Daniel Burke, your host of Pro Wrestling World Talks, in a very special edition, as we are talking about a topic that I never thought we would ever cover here on this program. It was always something that I think fantasy booked from everybody that I know, Everybody that's I've spoken to online, friends, all that stuff. We never thought in our wildest dreams, considering the litigation, the bad words that were said between both companies, or both parties in this matter. But on Saturday night, CM Punk returned to WWE as Triple H posted on Instagram and social media this weekend, saying, hell has frozen over. It was a picture of him and CM Punk backstage, both embraced, more like a half-hug of anything. Um, And CM Punk is now a part of the fold in World Wrestling Entertainment again, just shy of a decade, by about two months. Last appearance was at the Royal Rumble in 2014. And on Saturday night, he made his triumphant return in the Allstate Arena in Chicago. Now, the interesting part about all this is the fact that to the WWE audience, CM Punk has done nothing for 10 years. But to us hardcore wrestling fans, which is why you're listening to this program, it's been an interesting two years in the CM Punk business. Now, in case you've been living under a rock, CM Punk was employed by All Elite Wrestling as of... About three months ago. He was at the Wembley Show at All In, had a match with Samoa Joe, and was considered was calling himself the lineal AEW world champion, the real world's champion. And of course, that was his last match in AEW, because a week later he was fired by Tony Khan under the famous terminology of with cause, which kind of was where my eyebrows kind of raised. Same thing that happened back in the spring when CM Punk visited WWE Raw backstage before the show over the spring. He talked to The Miz. And he talked to Triple H as well. He was asked to leave ultimately uh, by Vince McMahon, who at that point pretty much said, you know, hey, we don't want any contract tampering and all that stuff. And that was when Vince McMahon was still in power um, because it was in the transition phase for the sell to TKO, which was finalized this past September. But now, things have changed drastically. The landscape of WWE, in the last year and a half especially, has changed drastically. Where now, apparently what's being reported by several outlets, Fightful, Wrestling Observer, Vince McMahon did not factor in the decision of CM Punk being rehired. By World Wrestling Entertainment. Which is huge. The only two people that had knowledge of this. Again being reported. Were Nick Khan and Triple H. Nick Khan made the deal with Triple H's blessing. Apparently there were. Heart to heart conversations between Triple H and CM Punk. Probably to bury the hatchet. And to kind of clear the air of what may or may not have been or happened during CM Punk's original time with World Wrestling Entertainment. Do I believe CM Punk had gripes? Absolutely. Do I think that there were things of paranoia in his own mind? I think there was a little bit of that too. Under the Vince McMahon era, he always cultivated a locker room of paranoia. And that works, but also at the same time, it doesn't. Because they're always going to push the guy at the top. And that was the problem that he had in his original run. He was never going to get past John Cena. Never and that i think was something he needed to step away from to just think to himself you're never going to get past this guy unfortunately and under the mcmahon regime vince just probably saw him as just another guy to kind of transitional if need be because he looked at the numbers and thought to himself maybe his original title reign i just gave this guy a 434 day title reign And the numbers are still staying where they are. And I just put Cena at at the head. If I'm just going to get the same numbers, why do I want to go this route? That may have been a thought process. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not Vince McMahon here and saying that I would blame CM Punk for anything that was going on a decade ago as far as ratings wise and numbers wise. Because I think the wrestling product itself was problematic. And I don't think it was because of CM Punk. Punk had his issues on why he left the company. He felt burnt out. It was nine years ago today that that famous podcast had dropped. I remember waking up Thanksgiving morning and hearing about the reports and listening to it. The only time I ever listened to Cole Cabana for more than 20 minutes. Probably even shorter than that. And Punk will probably tell you the same thing now. And funny enough, (laughs) Cole Cabana led CM Punk to go to court with WWE and their doctor at the time, which cost him a bunch of money. And Cole Cabana was one of the main factors to why CM Punk is no longer employed by all elite wrestling. (laughs) I love it how I love it how pretty much he is now involved in two major instances in CM Punk and professional wrestling in the last decade that cost him a ton of money. It's not like Punk's bank account is also shared with his mother either. I'm kidding, of course wink but punk now is back into a place that i never thought in my wildest dreams that he would be back absolutely we talked about it so many times and i mean we i mean friends i mean people online it was always something of yeah but it probably won't happen And for a long time, that old sentiment that Vince McMahon used to talk about—you know—you'd hear it on Raw, you'd hear it on when he was doing commentary. Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation at the time it was the Federation, and they still felt, still will say that occasionally, anything can happen in WWE, where in in the last ten to fifteen years, maybe even longer. There is a certain wrestling audience, me included, that felt like that it was formulaic. We're not going to get surprises anymore. You know, everything is leaked. Uh, I think they were really scared of that happening this time. But I think because going into it. Going into this past weekend, we had No. Real confirmation that he was going to show up. None. In fact, every news source was told verbatim by certain people in WWE, certain contacts that they had this was not happening. This is not happening. This is, he's not coming back. No one wants him back. He's a cancer. And lo and behold, Saturday night, there he is. And would this have happened if Vince McMahon was in charge? Absolutely fucking not. I don't think it would have. Because CM Punk is a guy that you really can't put shackles on. You just can't. And the confidence that he has in being able to come over now, he also realizes, too, that this is probably his last shot at making big money, really big money. Um, Impact, I guess, made an offer that was substantial, but the minute WWE got involved, they were out. I thought Impact would have been a good place for him. I thought he could have done a lot of great things there and it would have been great because Impact has had a hell of a couple of years in a good way. They have solidified themselves, I feel like, as a viable option for talent to go. Younger, older, it's a viable option. Scott Demore has done a hell of a job with Impact Wrestling after what they had to kind of bring it back from and full disclosure impact has done a hell of a job the last couple of years of course they're going to be rebranding again to tna which you know problem with it is and that's been i think their biggest issue has been the fact that they have really not had a consistent branding in the last decade because it's like one minute they're tna one minute their impact woman at their gfw for about 30 seconds Their gfw but still and they've had to deal with network changes as well they have found a home permanently with access so i think that from that perspective that they're they're in, they're in good hands and they've always kind of tried to keep the social media buzz going so impact i feel like was a impact tna was a definite viable option for cm punk to go but again the second wwe got involved and apparently this deal happened within a 10-day period they had real no discussions and i think it just it was probably a groundswell it was probably a groundswell of support that they started to notice that doesn't matter what happened to the other company. They want him fucking back. And they brought him back. It's one of the rare times, especially in the last 10 to 15 years, that they actually listened to their audience and said, yeah, we're going to bring this fucking guy in. We might regret it in six months. We might regret it in a year. But for right now, everything's good. AEW went through the same thing. First six months to a year, everything was fucking rolling. And I have been one of the harshest critics of AEW since their inception. Uh, 2019, I felt like they had a really great start in 2019. And there were moments I just was like, what the fuck am I watching? But then they were really doing some compelling television. Uh, When they started with their weekly TV with Dynamite, they were doing excellent their pay-per-views are doing well when the pandemic hit i thought that was going to be a real problem for them but you know what they put on some great programming during the pandemic they had some great stories going um great talent great matches they had i feel like the best weekly television show in pro wrestling between 2019 and somewhere in 2022 And then we started to notice a change in some things. But fall of 2021, I had absolute faith in AEW that they were going to be surpassing WWE in ratings and making a real play. The moment you signed CM Punk, Adam Cole, and Bryan Danielson in like a three-week period, you're ready to rock and roll. You just signed three. One of them, a mainstream star that has been out of the game for seven years, but everybody knows who he is. Brian Danielson at that point, who was a WrestleMania main eventer on multiple times, and it actually just main evented WrestleMania in 2021, because he was wrestling against Edge and uh, Roman Reigns that year. I mean, you got him and then you got Adam Cole who was the longest reigning NXT champion and unfortunately was left holding the bag of what happened between the NXT and the AEW wars during Wednesday nights. He got blamed for it. And Triple H got blamed for it, which is why they were strip-mined the way they were in 2021, especially when Triple H went down with his... Health ailments. AEW in coming into 2022, I feel like had potential to really position themselves to be a extremely viable option and a solid contender to take down WWE's kind of monopoly that they've had for so long. And then Cody left. In one of the most surprising moves I've ever seen. In the last decade. Cody leaves. And that's when things. Started to kind of change. The, the momentum. It was like. The ball started to roll. It was like everything bad in 2022. Because they came in with so much promise. I felt like it was like. They had the talent together. They had everything going for them. Cody left. Vince is forced out. Triple H is brought in his booker. New ideas. Understood what he had because a lot of the talent that he had cultivated, the ones that didn't leave to go to AEW. But I don't blame those guys that got fired by WWE overnight and then went out and got jobs at AEW. I I can't fault them for that. I'm sure some of them are regretting it but I can't fault them for leaving to go get work elsewhere. And I remember Tony Khan talking about going into the fall of 2022, that he was like, this is the best roster that we could possibly have. And then brawl out happens where everything kind of gets laid out on the table. And that was, I also think the point where CM Punk, that, that, that whole incident probably became the point of with Punk where he pretty much there's a uh, a terminology of silent quitting and I feel like he may have silent quit AEW that night and It was also how it was handled the last, because he had problems in the spring of 22, that Tony Khan didn't take care of. He should have nipped it in the bud right there. And he'd still have CM Punk and probably Harmony in the locker room. He didn't nip in the bud. He let everything fester. And I think Punk, the frustrations hit the limit. The fight happened, and that was it. That was when I think things really started to kind of cause then there was the famous incident where he kind of laid everything out on Instagram. He's going after Jericho, he's going after Dave Meltzer. And then there's the rumors of a Saturday night show being started up with Punk being the centerpiece. And Punk's there for three months, two months. Like two and a half months, you get this brand new show on Saturday. Punk is your focal point, and it goes maybe ten weeks. He had ten matches, and between June and September, he had ten matches, and that was his latest e- 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 in his latest AEW run. And now it's like people are forgetting about it. You know, people don't uh, the WWE audience right now, they're looking at it from the perspective, oh, he's been gone 10 years like he's done nothing in the last 10 years. And it's like (laughs) because we all remember two years ago in Chicago, we were you know, Union, United Center, where I remember two years ago, Chicago, United Center, when one of the best moments in professional wrestling television history happened it was wonderful him coming back the way they said it they did it perfect and everybody was thinking this is sky's the fucking limit I still had friends though that would say they're like yeah see how this is gonna go in a year and then just a year before all it happens you're like okay great and you think about it from that moment in August of 2021, two years later, he's out of the company. Gone. And by the following November, CM Punk is back with World Wrestling Entertainment. And you're like, how the fuck did this happen? Nick Khan at Triple H. Triple H is willing to put businesses. He's always been someone that's put the business ahead of everything else. Personal feelings, nothing. Bruno San Martino, the reason why he got in the Hall of Fame in 2013, Triple H. The reason why the Ultimate Warrior got into the Hall of Fame in 2014 was able to get a Legends deal, Triple H. I'm sure he was behind the sting deal, too, to finally get him here. Between 2014 and you know what I mean. I mean, we got staying in the company they even mentioned him the other night on on the broadcast they mentioned chris jericho they mentioned they mentioned sting they still rick flair is still on their signature at the beginning with the woo and rick flair is like well they're pissed off at me because i went to AEW. they don't care they don't rick you're still on the signature every week like every time that the wwe programming you hear the woo they're not going to deny your history they're not mad. They weren't doing anything with you in the first place, but now <laughs> it's like AEW. We signed Rick Flair to a to a deal for a couple of years, and you know, the his mushroom drink is going to be the official energy drink of AEW. We signed Will Osprey to a uh, long term agreement. He's going to be able to split his time between AEW and New Japan Pro-Rose. So that way he can still reside in London and all that stuff. Which I understand why Osprey did it. But all of that was trumped by CM Punk on Saturday Night. One of the most highly engaged social media posts in WWE history. Almost 81 engagements. 81 million engagements. I think the, the, like in the 71, 80 million. I think it was 81 million that they were talking about on Raw tonight. It was 81 million engagements with him being back in a 48-hour period. I watched three hours of Raw tonight to watch his promo. They gave him 10 minutes, if that. Um, He talked about how this feels like home. You know, he's like, I'm happy to be home. Meanwhile, two years before that, (laughs) I hate to bring it up, but at the first dance, when you said... I left sports entertainment in 2000. And I left professional wrestling in 2005. And I left sports entertainment 2014 and 2021. I am back. It sounded similar. It did. He didn't do the Indian style pose that he's known for. That he's done pretty much in all his big kind of promos i think it was more tonight was more of a introduction a reintroduction i don't think he wanted to get into the story time of it i to be quite honest you know i i think that myself and some others have been looking for him to kind of say something vague about AEW which i don't think he is just because of the fact that It's probably a legal matter that he has to deal with. Or I wouldn't say legal matter, but I'm sure that there's maybe some provisions that uh, say that he can't say this about the company. He can't say this about Tony Khan or this incident, or he'll end up in litigation. And no one really wants that. Tony Khan said it today. Uh, Someone asked him about it. Hey, how do you feel about uh, CM Punk returning to uh, WWE? And he just goes, I have no comment at this time. Uh, Which, again, has been his fucking MO when every time somebody asks him something that has some meaning to it. That's another... Tony Khan, I think, is a very nice human being. I honestly do. I think he's a tremendous human being. I just don't think he's cut out to be in the wrestling business. UT Marshall announced tonight on social media that he has resigned from AEW. So AEW now has lost another kind of backstage presence who's been there since day one. Company is coming into 2024 with a lot of question marks under it. Um, the TV deal being one of them. They do not have a contract extension yet with Warner Brothers. Um They're trying to get a streaming deal, I think, done where they can get on Max because Max now is going to have live sports. I think with the CM Punk deal now, it's going to be kind of hard because they don't have a true blue kind of mainstream attraction star right now. MJF is the closest thing they have, and MJF announced today he tours Labrum. So, Adam Cole's out. Torn labrum for MJF. Daniel Bryan's announced that he is full time retiring next year. Who do you have in the pipeline that's going to be able? Moxley. Moxley's always an option. Always an option. But. He's had some injury issues this year, too. They have had so many injury issues this year. It has been unbelievable. A part of it snake bit. Let's face it. A part of it has been they have been snake bit with the injury bug for the last year or two. That's been part of it. But also a major part of it is the fact They don't have a controlling presence backstage that is able to corral people and tell them no. Which is, I think, is part of the reason why CM Punk is now going back to WWE. If he is going to make money at this, And he is going to cement his legacy because let's face it. And I said it earlier, this is his last shot to make major money. If he blows it, he doesn't get the money and his legacy at that point is tattered. Do I think he cares about his legacy? He says he probably doesn't. He'll say no, but in the end, everybody cares. When you get to the level that he is, and he has been at, you care. His promo tonight was very vague. It was very more or less. He talked about how everybody's happy. He's back. He's hugged everybody. He's shook hands with everybody and all that stuff. He didn't mention Rollin by name. I think they're trying to do what they can to try to keep those two kind of separated until the time is right, which I think will be WrestleMania. Unless they can get Stone Cold Steve Austin to wrestle CM Punk at WrestleMania. That is a viable option. Especially considering he had the match with Kevin Owens 2 years ago the match with Punk I think that was the best time they could have done it was either 2012 or 2013 uh 2012 he had Jericho 2013 he had the undertaker in 2014 never happened because reasons and another thing you know he cost himself a bunch of money in 2014 not just because of the fact that you know he walked out he was burned out it was the fact that 2014 they needed him when daniel bryan went down with the injury because daniel bryan won the title at wrestlemania 30 and had injuries he had to relinquish the title punk probably would have got another world title run in there one or two in 2014 maybe even there's a lot of question marks that could have happened because of the depth of roster problems that they were having at certain points john cena was down at certain points and plus he was starting to take more time away from hollywood uh, more time away from wwe to do hollywood excuse me roman reigns was not really a solidified not really a solidified main eventer until probably 2020 that was when people finally accepted it mostly too because there was the pandemic and he had to go through that character change that he did which i think was the brilliance of paul Heyman and others And I'm sure he still talked to Paul throughout this whole time and wet his beak a little bit, kind of kept himself active when he said, you know, and I'm sure there was that period of he didn't want to have to deal with any of this shit for a couple of years, but he probably kept his beak or listened to certain things. When he says that he probably didn't follow everything or watch anything, that probably is true. But I'm sure he knew actively kind of what was going on. And he wanted to try the UFC thing. I don't blame him for that. I just think it was too late for him in his you know, his advanced age, you know, late thirties getting into this. It's like, oh shit, you're got a real uphill battle. But He had the balls enough to do it. He had the balls enough to walk away from a big-time job and go into the unknown, which is what he did. But now he's back. And the questions, I think, are there. How long is this going to last? I don't see him blowing it up. I don't. AW, I think the signs were there, you know, like, I think we all kind of, we all had the best of hopes. I had the best of hopes because it was just like, he's back, he's around people that actually care, you know, he's got somebody that's a fan and all this stuff. And it was just like, the booking was suspect at certain points. He was wrestling guys. I'm like, "Eh." Um, yeah, I heard reports. Uh, some people on the inside that there were issues in the summer of 2022 when he was forced to go to San Diego Comic Con when he was in a walking boot with his injury, but he was asked to go and he was, he didn't have a cart, so he's just lugging himself around and somebody had said I that um, he felt like the punk was kind of just done and then and plus two, there was also the drama that I'm sure that was unfolding that had happened in the spring between him and Hangman Page and the Bucks with everything that was going on with Colcabana. Um, you know, the, the presser, which is still one of the greatest press conferences probably ever, uh, for all the wrong fucking reasons. <laughs> you just you're just sitting there and tearing into uh a couple of executive vice presidents to a wrestling company uh and also one of your main top main event talents on your babyface side with hangman page and the boss is sitting 18 inches from you it's hilarious it's hilarious visual to watch tony khan's face the whole time knowing shit's fucking up shit is popping off right now and it shouldn't be but it was and again, like I said earlier, I fully expected him to. <laughs> and then in the spring, when I heard he was at Raw backstage, I'm like, oh, shit, there's something there. When there's smoke, there's fire. And sure enough. there was a raging inferno. <laughs> in Jacksonville. I, I, I am stunned. Like I told people on Sunday, I said, I, I was, I, too were, I, I couldn't really speak about it. Like I, I, it was still surreal to see him come out on Saturday night and the end of that show, when you heard the music. And of course, you know, I was, I going to go to bed disappointed. Cause it was a good show, like two good war games matches Even though I think the format for, I really wish, I'm a huge proponent for the Survivor Series to go back to the old days of four-on-four, five-on-five teams. I love that shit. Some of my favorite pay-per-views ever from my favorite shows ever were those early Survivor Series, like 88, 89, 90, all that. Some of my favorite shows, 87-2. I, it, those are some of my favorite pay-per-views in the history of the company. I even like 2006 because majority of the matches were all tag team elimination. There was a pretty good Easter egg in that one, too, during the DX match. There was, uh, was a pretty good moment from 2006, too, with Team DX. Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And lo and behold, who's on their team? CM Punk. And the entire building in Philadelphia was chanting CM Punk. And Triple H handed him the microphone and had him do the Are You Ready for DX? And, you know, that should have been a moment that was just that CM Punk kind of absorbed and was just like a kid in the candy store almost. But he always, <laughs> he always held it like... This guy doesn't like me. And he would hear stuff like people would, you know, him and Shawn Michaels would crap on him and that type of stuff and then the last couple of months Shawn Michaels has had nothing but great things to say about him. Triple H has had very good things to say about him as well. Really hasn't kind of shown their personal kind of beliefs towards them or anything like that. If there's any of that too. Because again, It is a locker room paranoia under the Vince McMahon era. And I don't sense that now. You saw it with NXT with Triple H and what he can do. They were not out for themselves in a very selfish business. They were about NXT making it. All those guys. All those guys under that brand wanted NXT to succeed. It wasn't about personal accolades it was about them building this brand from the ground up making it something and shaping the next crop and generation of talent the walk through the door and i am sure cm punk appreciated the comments that Shawn michaels had made and i am sure he appreciated some of the comments that triple h had made When you're an active competitor, and you're also at the top of your game, and you're dealing with people that... Which, when Triple H and CM Punk had their problems in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, Triple H at that point was still technically an on-air talent, a performer. We talk about the Night of Champions 2011 match, which some people would say that that derailed his heat. Um, and some could argue it did. Some could argue and say, well, he won the fucking championship in Madison Square Garden at Survivor Series, and then he went on to have a 434-day reign. I don't think that derailed anybody's heat or killed anybody's momentum. But he felt slighted. Even when they tried to give him all the assurance in the world, he still felt slighted. I can understand how he could think that, but also at the same time, being in the position that I am, yeah, and I, I, trust me, I defended him so much when he left, because it was just like, they're fucking him, you know, and it's just like, And I understood why he left. And I'm still a guy that even with throughout all the stuff that's gone on the last couple of years and all the drama and that stuff, I've taken his side. I have taken his side because of the fact that you tend to believe somebody that is like him, that speaks his mind and really doesn't, He doesn't lie. He really doesn't. In a business of liars and carnies and people that just are trying to pull the wool over your eyes, he's not one of them. He is a genuine article. And he's also not afraid to tell you to go fuck yourself in spite of himself. He said it in the DVD that the best in the world documentary they did a few years ago. He said, um, actually, over fucking ten years ago now. Jesus, wow, just aged myself there. Um, he said in that that documentary, he's just like, I have been notorious for not just burning bridges, but burning bridges while I'm on them, and nothing's changed. <laughs> not to anything on that for us we're in a unique time in pro wrestling we really are next year is going to be very interesting considering the fact that a bunch of talent in both companies contracts will be coming up who's going to switch who's going to stay Who's going to get pushed? Who's not going to get pushed? Who's going to retire? Who's not going to retire? There's a ton of questions that are going to be figured out. Drew McIntyre is going to make a ton of money next year. Becky Lynch, her contract's up. She's going to make a ton of money next year. Is she retiring? Who knows? Seth Rollins, again, I I remember watching it on Saturday and saw his reaction. It was all over social media. He was flipping out, and I'm just like, money will cure that. Apparently, I guess he knew. The You know, the real fun moment of Saturday Night too was watching uh, CM Punk do Randy Orton's pose and then wave from him from the entrance ramp, and Orton was sitting in a chair and just waved to him back, which uh, friends of mine, we were talking about it, were like, you think orton's pissed and i said no orton's not pissed because he understands what's best for business and orton is a company guy through and through for wwe orton is loyal to that company because of the fact that they were loyal to him at times in the 2000s and even in some moments in the 2010s where he should have been fired or at least severely reprimanded but He has stayed employed with that company for over 20 years. If You go back to OBW, till now, he has been under the WWE umbrella for almost a quarter century, which to me is almost unheard of. He's still relatively young. We're talking about somebody that's 43 years old, and it was great to see him the other night. It was great to see him back because he has been severely missed on programming and in the ring. Randy Orton is one of the best talents in the history of professional wrestling. And he should be the one to hit 17. He is a locker room leader, well respected veteran. I give him the edge over John Cena as far as one of the, as far as probably the number one best talent in the last generation or so, just because the fact that, he's selfless. The other night, he could have put a gripe. He could have said, it's about me. Tonight's about me. It's not about him. It's about me. He could have went to Triple H and said, we're not fucking doing that. Tonight's about me. And Triple H would have a decision to make. But He's not going to do it because he knows the positives that are going to come out of this. WrestleMania season has intrigue. The Royal Rumble has intrigue. Yeah, they didn't sign Will Ospreay. Apparently MJF has re-signed silently with AEW, so that's off the table as well. But they got CM Punk. Yeah, he's older. They have an age issue. WWE has an age issue. A lot of the talent, Damian Priest, LA Knight, CM Punk, AJ Styles, they're all in their 40s. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins Cody Rhodes they're all pushing 40 Randy Orton had just returned 43 years of age so they have an age issue but they also have a good crop of talent that they're trying to bring up if you watch Raw tonight you saw it the Creed brothers have earned a tag team title match in the future against Judgment Day they are really trying To bring up the younger talent. Zoe Starks had a matchup against Rhea Ripley the other night at the Survivor Series. And performed well. You look at Gunther Getting one of the Miz's best matches out of his career ever on Saturday night. So funny. I'm smoking a cigar while I'm talking about somebody who's straight ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the number one focal point tonight. But it was interesting. It, it's it's been an interesting forty-eight hours to be a wrestling fan. It's because we're talking about something that again we always thought up in the back of their mind, yeah, maybe, but it was never a sure thing. It was always like a five to ten percent chance that this is going to happen. Always a five to ten percent chance, and I've always felt that that was kind of the odds. In the spring, when he visited them, that raised my kind of percentage a little bit. I was just like, all right, maybe it's 25, maybe it's 50. I came into this weekend thinking there's a 20% chance that this is going to happen. Just because I heard everything else. But then I'm like, who knows? They, They could pull a rabbit out of the hat. But there was a long time that we just didn't, or I just didn't feel like that that old cliche that they have told us so many times, anything can happen in WWE slash WWF. It always felt like that was, they said that, but it was a cliche and it was just worn out. In the last year and a half, under Triple H's booking and under Triple H's guidance, it's become must see TV. It's become you can't miss a show. You can't miss a major show. You can't miss a PLE. Something fun is gonna happen. There's gonna be a banger of a match, and then you're gonna, but you don't want to miss the match. You don't want to miss the moment after it. How many times have we said that? We talk about the Royal Rumble back in January, the whole Sami Zayn bloodline storyline that occurred it was like the last 20 minutes of the show and it was this cinema that they created and it wasn't the match it was the moments after the match talk about wrestlemania both nights incredible SummerSlam this year very good A lot of the other B shows have been very good, too. The Saudi shows have been great. WWE has been on a roll the last year and a half. And WrestleMania might be the biggest one they've done in over a decade. This might be the one that finally put them over the top. Because 38 was a great show. 39 was a good show. It was a great show. Could 40 top them both? We'd be looking at five years from now as 40 is one of the greatest WrestleManias ever. Because Cody Rhodes finally finishes his story and CM Punk and Seth Rollins go go one-on-one and CM Punk finally gets that main event that has eluded him at WrestleMania throughout his whole career. Does he get that now? Does he get a match with Rollins where he prevails? Or does CM Punk do the, I guess you could say, he's got to do a couple of jobs. He just does. If Cody hadn't do a job for Roman last year at WrestleMania, when a lot of people, including myself, felt like he should win, Seth Rollins has to beat CM Punk at WrestleMania. As a CM Punk fan, CM Punk should (laughs) was. But as a sign of good faith, CM Punk should lay down for Seth Rollins as a sign of good faith. And pretty much to show, hey, I can do business. And I remember Thinking to myself, I'm like, if he's going to come back, it's going to be probably against Rollins. I'm glad it wasn't four years ago. When Rollins was trying to be a baby face, but didn't work. He had the exchange with Osprey. He was rubbing people the wrong way. And he was fighting for CM Punk to come back then. CM Punk had also just debuted on backstage at the, around that time. And he was trying, but it wasn't going to happen. Um, either because CM Punk really wasn't interested which reports I guess again uh, you know because I don't know what to believe anymore from some of the dirt sheets meanwhile probably people are sitting there they're just like well you're just as bad you're over here theorizing eh, not quite if you're listening great hopefully I've been entertaining through this whole time where I'm just riffing And telling you how I feel. Because as a CM Punk fan. I am excited to have him back. So excited. Even when he was in AEW I was excited. Which. You know. Again I've been hard on AEW. But at the same time. I mean look at this beauty. Right? The new CM Punk Supreme. This might be one of his best figures they've ever done. Um, I'm sure though. WWE now with Mattel, they'll be they'll be getting an ultimate, <laughs> it's like a Money in the Bank 2011 ultimate. Go right ahead, thank you, Mattel. Hopefully, that'll be done and be it'll be ready for Christmas for next year. Right, it's an exciting time we are in a very exciting time for pro wrestling because of the fact that it's no longer predictable anymore. It's no longer cookie cutter. It's no longer um, the same old, same old. That's where I think WWE, especially around like 2018, 2019, that was when things, it was just like, Oh my God. And I give AEW a lot of credit. They supercharged this business and gave WWE a reason to be like, okay, we need to compete because they're coming at us hard. And they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, I've been harsh on them. I think I've been harsh on them for the production side of things and some of the booking. I think Tony Khan, again, I think is a great human being. I just think that as a booker, he's a matchmaker. He's not a booker. And we had Sheldon Goldberg on here a few weeks ago, who's a former promoter here in the New England area, and he had a ran a successful company for almost twenty for over twenty years, and he's just like, he's a matchmaker. He's not a booker, and you need to have a story and yeah his matches athletically they're fantastic they he has some some of the best matches until in, in wrestling television history have been with AEW without question but then we have segments and other stuff that has just muddled it down at certain points where you're just like ugh. and i never wanted them to go out of business I never want that. I never want a company to go to business because I want them to, be, to exist for other people to get work, and also for the pay scale to stay where it is now. Because a lot of guys were not making enough money, a lot of girls were not making enough money, and it bothered me. It was just if you weren't in WWE, you weren't making anything. And now because of AEW's existence. People are making money, and that's what it should be all about. These talents, they give their bodies for our entertainment, should be making the most possible money they can. It's going to be a very interesting season coming up. The Royal Rumble now has more intrigue to it. Who's going to win? Is CM Punk going to win the Royal Rumble? I think if you're going to ask for predictions, I think CM Punk would probably be my pick for the Royal Rumble. Just because of the fact, I don't know if they want to have Cody go back to back. I don't know. I think you bring in Punk in, you keep him separated from Seth. Seth being like, ah. But if he wins the Royal Rumble, then Seth has to face him no matter what. And plus, I think the promo work, all that, leading into that program would be fantastic and it would elevate Seth if you're asking me I think your top four matches and this is I three of them I'm pretty sure are locks Roman Cody CM Punk Seth Rollins Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley and Bailey and EO Sky. That is, I think, your blueprint heading into WrestleMania as your top four matches. Could be wrong about the SmackDown Women division just because of the fact that they have a lot of talent. It's very top-heavy on that division. Very. Um, but I think Bailey versus EO... I think it works because I think Bailey's going to get kicked out of damage control and EO sky and Bailey would make the most sense. And then Bailey gets her victory. And then, you know, the question is, is Bailey going to go back to the hugger? I hope she doesn't because I think she's done enough great character work where she doesn't need it. I think. We'll um, be kind of fun though just to kind of have her go back to that game. But I don't know. Because I've loved he- Heel Bailey. Heel Bailey, I think, has just completely saved her career from being one-dimensional. Because um, I was concerned it's like she might be just sticking to that her whole career. I hope not, but that's probably what's going to happen. The heel turn was the best. I think it was the best possible thing to happen for her. And I think at Mania her and makes sense. I think she's also sacrificed quite a bit for other people to get over in certain spots. She deserves it. She's earned it. She's busted her ass to get where she is. Um, and I think Bailey versus Eosky, her winning makes all the sense in the world. And then Becky and Rhea, Seth and CM Punk, and Cody and Roman. I think those are your top four matches at WrestleMania this year. This is a historic 48 hours. And it is something that I think people will be talking about for a couple of years now. Like this is going to be remembered I don't know if this is the beginning of the wrestling boom because I don't know where we're going to get to that peak again. But I do feel like that there's some seismic shifts in the wrestling industry right now that is going to make it better for the fan bases and it is going to make it better for the talent and everybody that's involved. I think WWE right now is the most intriguing it has been. In maybe 15 years. Maybe even during the Summer of Punk in 2011-2012. Between that whole area. I think AEW will hopefully be able to rally. They've had some brutal stuff happen to them. But I hope that they'll be able to kind of right the ship. Get themselves a good TV deal. Because I don't want them to go away. I want them to be able to... Challenge the industry, challenge the the norm, as they say, of the industry, and make sure that things don't get stagnant like they did for so long. And I want to be able to have talent make as much money as they possibly can because they deserve it. It's going to be a fun ride, folks. And I hope that you all follow it with me. Nothing brings me more joy than being able to come onto this program, especially tonight. It's way past my bedtime. But I was like, I need to be able to give my opinion on all this. I have been the proverbial kid in the candy store the last 48 hours. Uh, Number one, because I am a CM Punk fan. Get him his ice cream bars, will you? Um, which is funny because all my habits, like he uh, saw me with my cigar earlier and talked about my certain habits with a certain cannabis. Yeah. Little habit. Just small. Okay. Maybe not so small, but still and it's like, yeah, but you you have, you like this guy who's straight edge. It's like, yeah, it's more than that. It's more than that. I had the pleasure of meeting him in 2012. He came to my office one time because he was doing promo work for WWE because they were in Hartford. I was working at a radio station back then, and he couldn't have been the nicest guy in the world. He was a great human being to me. And uh, I thanked him for holding the champion because he did. In my opinion, he he. He brought the title up in 2012, 2011, when he was champion. He brought that title uh, to, number one, he stabilized it when it was hot potato for so long. And he was having banger matches after banger match after banger match. And his promo work was exceptional. When he turned heel midway through, He was the guy, and it was it was heartbreaking when he left for so long. I'm glad he got his due in AEW. I'm glad they got him back. I'm glad they got him to come to them and be able to kind of give them a boost. I'm sorry it didn't work out. I lost a lot of respect for the Young Bucks and some of the guys in the Elite because all you had to do was make money. All you had to do was sit there and say, I'll work with him. But you didn't. You know, it was just, it was petty nonsense, high school bullshit that led to him leaving. And did he force his way out? He might've, he might've found a way to get himself gone. I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him at that point. It's just like, you've had it. This is the only way I know I can get out of this thing. I'm sure he asked for his release multiple times before he had to come back in June of this year. But Tony wouldn't let him out, and then he just I'll find my way own way out. I don't think it's going to be like that this time but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't six months from now, all of a sudden, it's just like, Sam punk has left WWE. Oh well, shit. I don't want that to be the case. Cause I think like, again, he is, he's not my top 10, but he is in like my top 20, top 30, top 20. Like he, I'd say he's in my top 20. He's that important. He's not on my Mount Rushmore, but he is in my top 20. That, that should at least tell you something. And I've stayed loyal. And there have been moments, especially the last couple of years, when friends have just been like, how can you stay loyal to this guy? It's just like, you know, I fucking get it. I get it. I get his thing. I get his everything. I just get it. I understand where he's at as a person where it's just like, fuck it. I I can tell you no. Because I'm going to stick to my guns on this and be like, fuck you, no. You have to respect that. You have to respect someone that's willing to say, I know how much you're paying me, but I'm not going to fucking do it. Takes balls. And he's got them. Takes balls to leave a business that you are at the top of your game in and go into something completely fucking different. With no training whatsoever. Did it turn out great? No, but he had balls. Took a seven or eight year layoff, went back to the industry that he became famous with. And I'm sure he had reservations, but he came back and did great, great work in AEW. With his new deal, AJ Lee will probably also get her flowers. He talked about her tonight. Hall of Fame induction, hopefully. She deserves it. Without question. That little short window that she had where she was one of, if not the most important female talent that they had. And whole generation of talent. You look at, like, Lib Morgan. All these girls that probably saw her and got motivated to be In the industry because of her and she deserves a Hall of Fame induction she deserves to get her flowers in my opinion she's earned that right I'm sure that legacy part of it is a part of the reason why Punk is back talked about it earlier he's worried about his legacy and again this is why I don't think that this time is going to be fuck you. And I hope I'm right. I hope that that stays with it. And, you know, five, ten years from now, we can look at Punk and say, yeah, you know, the guy was the fucking man. He sucked by his guns. He deserves his Hall of Fame induction. We're talking about it in a glowing light instead of a certain event, reminding ourselves of certain events that happened that didn't go the way that they probably should have. But I leave you tonight with this. Hold on to this. Hold on to the good feelings that you've had the last 48 hours if you're a CM Punk fan. And keep watching, keep engaging, because he's something special. He is something that drives this industry in good ways and bad. He's a polarizing figure, but he is an extremely exceptional talent. He is someone that would have been an NWA champion back in the day. He would have been that guy that went from territory to territory like a Ric Flair, a Luthes, he would have been that guy and he would have accepted that. I think that's that's all he wanted to do. Those late 90s, early 2000s, mid-2000s, CM Punk and IWA Mid-South and Ring of Honor. That was a guy that you could have put the title on in 1984 or 1985 in the NWA and he could have been somebody that transcended as an NBA champion. He could have been one of the better ones, in my opinion, because he's just somebody that eats, sleeps, and breathes this business. And guys like that need to be respected. Guys like that deserve our respect. Guys like that are what make this industry great. You have to hand it to Nick Khan and Triple H. Triple H is put through the ringer by this guy verbally on many occasions. But he put it aside. And now they're here to make money. CM Punk closed it tonight. He said it right before the cameras come off. He's just like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. That's the truth. But I'm sure he wants to be able to work with the talents they have now that are excellent. And he wants to cement his legacy because he doesn't want it to be at the end of it he doesn't want to be seen as a burnout i don't think he wants that ultimate warrior type of label of always a flash in a pan and all that stuff he wants his legacy to be cemented as one of the best ever and that's why he's back because he wants to go out on his terms and he wants to be able to leave an impact in this industry He doesn't want AEW and everything that happened to be the last chapter. It's amazing the fact that he is now putting his career in the hands of someone that 10 years ago he probably never thought in his wildest dreams that he would be doing that. It's a different company, it's a different process. Different executives, different egos. I think the sky's the limit on this. It could go the other way too. It could go the other way too. Not going to deny that. I'm not going to sit here and lie to people and say, "Well, I think this is a hundred percent a lock that this is going to go well." It might not. I have the highest of hopes but I also have the lowest of expectations. And that's what I think the majority of the audience feels right now. It is great that he's back. But we also have to think this could be gone tomorrow. So we have to take it all in now. We all have to come in and say, this actually could work out. It, it most likely will. But there's always that chance in the back of your mind with him where it's just like, he's just going to leave tomorrow. It could happen. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's going to be different. Because I'd be lying to myself. I hope that he sticks around. I want him to have great matches. I want him to have a couple of world title reigns. I want him to have a Hall of Fame induction. And I sure as fuck want more Mattel figures. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I got enough probably people that are thinking they're just like, is either the people listening here are friends of mine at home that are probably just like the only thing you give a shit about is that they're making new figures I'm like yes <laughs> more CM Punk figures yes more t-shirts and hoodies yes it's a good feeling to have you know he's, he says he's back home I believe him I believe him I mean, this could go the other way, too, where he's just like the devil himself. This could, that heel turn could come at any moment, too, where he's the one that's the bad guy, or he's the one that my whole reason for being here is to destroy the company, which I think could be great, too. It could be great storylines. I I think this could go in a million different directions, (laughs) all positive or all bad, either way at this point. So, I have taken enough of your time. Thank you for listening to my riffing and my rambling about the return of CM Punk to WWE. Again, something I never thought I would be doing a recording about ever. But I am happy you joined us tonight. You've been listening to Pro Wrestling World Talks. I am Daniel Burke, and uh, all I have to say is he's back and I'm happy, and I think the rest of the WWE audience is essentially, but a pro wrestling audience as well should be happy about it as well because I think he is an exceptional talent and uh, a generational one at best. Good night, everybody.